we're live. Right, good evening everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Paisley Barbell podcast uh, with your hosts, myself, Mark Fulton and Ian Allen, otherwise known as Everyday Strong PT. Hello. So, Hello, how are we doing? First things first, you know, this is going to be pretty raw. It's our first attempt at this. Um, but what we're hoping to achieve is Get a wee bit of information out to you guys, um, a little bit about powerlifting, looking at other strength sports, and potentially over the, the course of some of the guests we might get on, looking at different sports and things that we can learn from them that will ca uh, carry across all the sports. For tonight's episode, what we're going to focus on is a little bit about Ian and I's journey and how we've got to where we've got to in powerlifting, a little bit of a backstory, um, a little bit about the backstory of how Paisley Barbell came about and how we've got to where we've got to. And then we're going to just answer one of the questions that was put forward by, by one of the guys on Instagram, which was, at uh, what stage should I consider entering a powerlifting competition? Um, which, you know, quite a lot of people tend to ask that question and they think they might need to hit specific numbers, but we'll cover that um, when we get to it. So first up, Ian is going to just give us a little bit uh, on his backstory on how he uh, got into sport and, and how he's got himself into powerlifting. So how are we doing, folks? So this is, uh, I think, Mark setting the, the bar low so he can make him sound even better. Uh, but a little bit about me. So I am 24 years old. Uh, I've been involved in powerlifting for about 18 months now. I've been part of the Barbell for pretty much three quarters of that. But I wasn't a powerlifter from the start. I was actually, well, I could call myself a footballer. I was a footballer so I was 12 years old. Everyone had that dream. Uh, of playing professional football. I won't mention my team since the city we're in. Uh, it could get a wee bit nasty and I don't want any bad comments in the first one. Uh, but yeah, I played football when I was younger. That's all we did. That's, that's all we, were, we grew up with. Um, I played it up to 12 years old. Uh, I was told that I was too fat to make it. So I went to rugby. Uh, a, a game of all shapes and sizes. Uh, I was brought into rugby by my grandpa when I was really young. We watched, I, I loved it, but I just used to kick the ball at the back part for bars with Warriors. And eventually I just, I took the plunge and went into it. Uh, I've never looked back, I really enjoy rugby. Unfortunately, my body's made of chocolate. Uh, I, I, I like to at least break a bone or tear a muscle uh, at least every six months to a year. So I'll tell a bit about my rugby story. So basically I started at my local club, uh, Lock Omens. Uh, the team for the scheme is well known, is well, we played against the private school boys, uh, well known as quite schemey. Uh, but at least we were a good team. We were together, very together, good group of boys. I uh, played there for a couple of years and found out I was actually all right at rugby. Not born smoke out on trumpet. Uh, and I moved to the private school boys at Glasgow Hawks. And I spent a few, good few years there. But while I was there, I found the love of rugby league. So if anyone doesn't know what rugby union rugby league is, you still pass the ball backwards, you still run forward, you still want to score a try. Uh, but rugby league, equally, I would say, is a bit harder for the tougher guys. And I was lucky to play for Scotland for a few years. Um, Scotland rugby league is not as professional uh, as what rugby union is, but it is equally as hard. It was mainly an English-dominated sport. But I played Scotland rugby league from under 15 to amateur level. And do you know what? It was a good journey. I, I loved every... Uh, every time you're singing the national anthem, it was great. But I'm sure we'll go into it in other podcasts. The psych psychological pressure was 
it was quite tough for a young guy. Um, I was quite, I excelled quite well at under 15s and 16s and was thrown into the older levels of senior rugby, uh, under 19s, universities at a very young age. And yeah, it, unfortunately I picked up a good few injuries, but I never let the dream die of playing professional rugby. I was lucky to play uh, some student four nations. I've got a good, I think I've represented Scotland over 25 times. Uh, which is it's pretty good. So I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of my achievement. But the, I just kept on getting injured. It never, it wasn't going to end well. I had multiple concussions. I tore my quads, uh, both my quadriceps, uh, broke my collarbone, broke my ankle three times. So rugby. I know a film about you called uh, Unbreakable. <laughs> so um, I was very much like chocolate, as I said at the start, and. Eventually, I was always involved in strength training. So I, I watched the like, World's Strongest Man and like, the ITF World Championships from maybe 16, 17. And I had a, I had a pal who actually competed in powerlifting. I always was always fascinated by lifting like, massive amounts of weight. Um, like I remember seeing guys uh, at the local Highland Games, uh, the strongman section, they were deadlifting 220 kilo. And I thought, wow, that is absolutely amazing. Imagine <laughs> lifting that sort of weight. Uh, <laughs> And it's it's absolutely unreal what the amount of weight these guys at World's Strongest Man will not mention uh, how they do it. It's natural strength as well. Um, but I eventually cut my, my my ties with rugby at 22 years old, so I never got into powerlifting uh, as many many powerlifters could get into it quite young now. That's all they do. They don't really have a sport. They just go straight to the gym. But I got into powerlifting at 23. So I got into 23. Um, my mate was competing in a, a, a federation called GPC, um, uh, and I thought, right, why not? Let's go for it. I seen a competition with Scottish powerlifting uh, in eight weeks. I thought, what's what's there to lose? I could squat bench and deadlift decent numbers. I think at the start, I was maybe like squatting maybe one eighty, uh, benching, I don't know, one hundred and ten kilo and deadlifting. 215 was my max at the time. So it wasn't great, but within eight weeks, I managed to do pretty well. Um, just, I think it was, I was just enjoying it. I was, it wasn't the whole, I need to get a specific weight before I started competing. It is quite nerve wracking, but once you get the first lift out of the way, it's an amazing feeling when you start powerlifting. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I've actually managed to compete in what, four or five competitions now. And, to put it in consideration, in 18 months, uh, although it's not all about numbers, I went from 212 and a half kilo, 215 kilo deadlift to 257.5, even though it would get red lighted, but I still lifted it. Uh, <laughs> um, bench presses went from 110 to 140 kilo, uh, and my squats went from 180 to 220. So, in, in that short amount of time, it's been, been really, really good. I managed to win a competition. Competing against some really strong boys, uh, and the found Pays the But before we talk about too much about Pays the Barbell, I'll let Mark explain his longer journey because he's a bit older than me, aren't you, Mark? Uh, ever, ever so slightly. So <laughs> thanks for that, Ian. Um, yeah, as Ian alluded to, I'm a little bit older, so I'm uh, nearly a masters lifter. I don't know if I should tell you my actual age, but I'm one year away from being a masters lifter. Um, and much like Ian, I, uh, as a young boy, I started playing football. 
pretty much all I did. I grew up in a kind of, uh, not the greatest area of Paisley, I would say. Um, and all we did was play football on the street, pretty much. Played in the street, played in the grass, played in the morning before school, played at lunchtime, played after school. And uh, much like you, and I was told at a kind of young age, sort of 12, 13, my issue was I was too small. Uh, I played in goals. Um, and I was, yeah, by the time I went on to the big goals, I was just too small to to reach the bar, to be honest. Um, but it was really when I went to high school that uh, I kind of discovered, discovered that there was other sports out there. So the first one I kind of got into was athletics. Um, and I was a 1500 meter runner. And I still remember this to this day that I was doing a, a school event. And um, it was a Saturday morning. We used, to, we used to do events against other schools. It was arranged by the PE teacher at the time, Alan Meldrum. You know, fantastic PE teacher, and there's so many people in Paisley that are still involved in sport, probably owe their sporting career to this guy. Um, but we were racing against uh, two other schools, and I was half a lap behind this, this other guy um, with about three laps to go. But I was gradually, you know, catching him up, catching him up, catching him up, and the whole place was going berserk. Um, and I actually managed to beat him on the line. And that's when I first thought, actually, this is, this is amazing. You know, and, and, and even when I think back to that, that was my first real experience of individual sport. Um, but following that, about a year later, um, I was still kind of playing football a little bit, but I was kind of falling out of love with it because much like a lot of people, probably your experience of football is just you being on a pitch and people standing at the side of it, just for want of a better phrase, verbally abusing you. Um, so I got kind of persuaded to play hockey. Um, you know, again, it was just pretty much by chance. I was uh, at PE one day and one of the PE teachers, Jim Jack, he, he just said, look, we're looking for a, a goalie for the, the third team at the school. And um, we know you play football and goes, do you, to, do you want to stick on some hockey kit and, and try it? And, you know, I thought it was great. You know, you got all this padded equipment, you got a helmet and told to stand on a goal and save a ball. That was 20 times better than, than playing football with a pair of gloves. Um, so from there, uh, very quickly, got snapped up by Kelburn. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was tapped up by Kelburn, but you know, certainly there was a persuasive tactic uh, to join the club. Um, and from there, you know, at the age of 16, I started playing for the first team. You know, at the time, the club was going through quite a transition period where a number of players had left and they'd brought in a lot of young players. Um, so for three or four years, it was a bit of a struggle. Um, but, you know, for anyone who knows anything about hockey, probably not a lot of people listen to this right now, but you could find it out. Kelburn um, from 2004 to 2017 won 13 league titles in a row, um, of which I was part of 10. Uh, I went on to captain the team. Um, you know, it's a really successful environment to be in with some absolutely outstanding, not hockey players, but just characters of who, you know, just wanted to play good sport, but most importantly, wanted to win together and also have a good, you know, they had a good time together uh, after the game and whatnot. Um, from there, um, when I was at university, uh, my original degree was in applied sports science. So, you know, I had an interest in sort of all things kind of physiology, biomechanics, strength and conditioning. Um, and I'd done a bit of coaching at summer camps um, and just coaching within the club. So in 2010, which was 11 years after I graduated as a sports scientist and did absolutely nothing with it, I became a PE teacher. Um, and then the year after that was the year I really got into sort of serious hockey, if you like, uh, when I was selected for the Scotland team and was part of the Institute of Sport. And again, going back to one of the things you said, Ian, I remember training at the Palace of Arts. And I only know this retrospectively from talking to Willie Brown. 
but on one one side of the Palace of Arts is this, you know, really nice at the time, you know, lovely, you know, elite uh, strength facility, if you like, in terms of the Institute of Sport with all the mod cons. And on the other side is this spit and sawdust type facility, which I think it, it was uh, Glasgow Barbell Powerlifting. So much like yourself, you used to see on one side all these kind of really, really strong guys lifting ridiculous yeah. amounts of weights. And I'm me thinking, oh my God, that's incredible. What are they even doing? Um, and latterly finding out it was powerlifting. Um, and again, from there, I played till I was about 33. So 33, I stopped playing hockey. And at the time, I just wanted to go to the gym to, to keep myself fit and healthy. You know, I've got, as you know, I've got two, two young kids. And the, the big thing for me was to be able to just be their dad and, and, and show them that you could lead a fit and, and active lifestyle. Then in about 2000, tail end of 2015, um, you know, I'd been doing squat, bench and bench press and somebody had said to me, do you know, have you, have you ever thought about powerlifting? And, you know, one of the reasons I kind of stopped hockey was the competitive element and the time it was taken up. But the competition, the first competition I entered was meant to be in, in XFIT, um, which is about five minutes from my house. It's a push, Scottish push-pull competition. I don't know the, the, the details around it, but it didn't end up being an ex-fit. It was, it was moved a week before. Um, I don't know, somebody might know the details of that. Um, but it went up to Physique, Physique and Power uh, in Glasgow. And, you know, I, I, I still remember, I've spoken about this to a few people that, that time when I, you know, I was 35 years old, but I felt like I was a primary one going into my first, first day at school. <laughs> when I opened that, metal, I mean, those, that have, those that might listen that have been to Physique and Power will know what I'm talking about because the, the metal door, you open the door and literally the whole room turned around as if to say, who's this guy? Um, but at the same time, what you know, a fantastically welcoming group and it's probably the first time I met Willie, Willie Brown and, and Joe, Joe Coogan, who, you know, ironically now spend a lot of time training with us and probably are two, two big influences on me, you know, certainly getting started in powerlifting. Um, and from there it just went. You know, it just took off. I did, you know, I did a competition. As soon as I did that competition, I looked for the next one. I looked for the next one. I looked for the next one. Competed in a couple of BDFPA British single lists. Competed and successfully competed in a couple of WDFPF uh, deadlift events. One in Belgium, one in Malta. And then competed and won the WDFPF World Full Power in Glasgow in 2018. Um, yeah. And then, well, setting last year, but that doesn't really count, does it? <laughs> um, and then, I mean, you want to go into Pays the Barbell now? Or go into Pays the Barbell? We, we can. I, I think one thing we should make it clear is uh, Mark's underselling himself for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, being the world champion that he is. Um, so, no, Tillerson's uh, been pretty good to us so far. Uh, I, I, I think the biggest thing is, is, although it's an individual sport and we'll go into it, and a little second about Pays the Barbell is very much a great community, as you mentioned when you went into Physique and Power Mart. Uh, although when I went into Scottish Powerlifting, I knew absolutely nobody at all going into that. Powerlifting was influenced by one person. I didn't know anyone that done Powerlifting. I think maybe one person actually, but I never, I wasn't really good pals with But I went in there and I left with about three or four friends that I still speak to today. Um, and yes, it can be a very ego maniac uh, sort of environment with some people but the the a great majority of people are really good people and they just want to see you do well and 
as Mark will now explain, Dave's the Barbell Club is, it supports a lot of people. It's a, it's a fantastic community and that's why Scottish Powerlifting in general and DDFDA and Scottish Powerlifting is going to grow leaps and bounds even with what's going on there. So I'll let, I'll let you talk about that. Um, yeah, so Paisley Barbell um, pretty much started as an idea in my head, um, partly because of my experience from hockey and the sort of team team ethos, if you like, um, and also the fact that I was a goalkeeper within a team, so very much an individual, if you like, within a team environment. Um, but I just I just felt that there was opportunities to bring all the good things about a team into into powerlifting, and I was keen to see if it would work. So at the time, I think it was the tail end, this would be the tail end of 2017, uh, actually I'd spoken to, to Nunca McDougall, who, who was the, the owner of Physique and Power, uh, Physique and Power Gym in Glasgow, and I was seriously considering joining, joining that gym, you know, it was a fantastic gym, some good people in it, strong lifters, you know, it was an environment where you couldn't not get stronger, uh, you know, Willie trained there, Joe trained there. Um, a few other guys, and um, you know, great, great facility and great kit. And that, I love the Mecca, I would say. Yeah, that's what kind of so yeah. drew me towards it. Um, yeah. The only thing that probably stopped me was the fact, going back to my family, you know, it was going to be a, a kind of 25 minute drive there and back. I trained at Pro Life, you know, Pro Life, I've been there since I was 18, so you know, you can work that out how long that's been. But what they've always done um, to give them their due is, is supported me in every aspect um, of hockey at the time. And then as soon as I moved into powerlifting, you know, more than supported me through that as well. Made me a life legend, put my picture on the wall, which I'm slightly embarrassed about. <laughs> um, but uh, I just pitched the idea to them. I said, look, I said, I've got this idea. You know, I'd like to start a powerlifting club. I have no idea how it's going to work. You know, I think I've got an idea. I think it can work. Uh, at the time, uh, Amanda Monaghan was also competing from Pro Life. So um, there was two of us, essentially, at the start. When I came up with the idea, I'd run it past Amanda, and Amanda was quite keen to be involved, and, and still is uh, a big part of the club. Um, but, yeah, we just fired up a few things on Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatnot. Spoke to a couple of people that I thought were relatively strong that I knew. Um, a couple of people I knew from hockey, a couple of ex-pupils. Um, and on the 14th of April 2018, we, we launched Paisley Barbell. Um, we, I think it was 10 people turned up to the initial sort of launch day. Um, and from there, it's just, you know, it's it's growing arms and legs, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, we've, we've built it on, you know, people, if you like, yes, winning events which is good for for publicity and good for momentum um you know 2018 amanda was british champion uh, i'd won the the deadlift uh, event and was that malta in 2018 yeah that, that was malta um then we'd managed to there was a bdfpa ran a youth and ladies event in the august which was great because we had seven or eight new members that could could get on the platform and, and you know, with most people, uh, and again, this is what will come on to probably towards the end, is once you've been on the platform the first time, you just want to do it again. You know, once you've, once you've had that first experience, you make a lot of mistakes, you know, and you'll learn a lot from your first experience, but you want to do the next one. Um, and then we did well, you know, more people competed again at the Scottish that year. 
and more people just wanted to be part of it. Um, but what I think they were really drawn to, and you touched on it, was there's a community aspect to the club. You know, the, if I gave you an idea of our membership demographic, the youngest is 18, the oldest is, uh, I think, 58. Um, our yep. split is 60, roughly 60, 40 males to females. Um, it's a real spread of individuals, um, all there for different reasons, um, but collectively all there um, to try and get get better um, at lifting. Not necessarily yeah, powerlifting. Worth, a lot of people. Uh, it's worth mentioning, Mark, uh, how far people are travelling from. Although it's called Paisley Barbell, there's people like the likes of myself, I'm travelling from Kilmarnock, so I'm travelling yep. 25 miles each way down to Paisley Barbell every Sunday. I know somebody who travels even further from me, Big Corner, and travels to air. You've got guys who are traveling from over the Clyde, from Dumbarton. East Kilbride uh, as well. Got big guys, East Kilbride. Yep. So it's like, when we see a community, it's more than just Paisley. It's like, you could say the west of Scotland uh, to a certain extent. Um, and that's that's how big the community has grown, just even the time that I've been here. So yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a ever-growing community. And the big thing behind it really was to to remove as many barriers as possible. That's, you know, it, it sounds very very noble or, or whatever, but, you know, the majority of people that listen to this will probably know who I am anyway, and have spoken to me in, in, in some capacity. Um, you know, and I, I've had a lot of enjoyment and a lot of success, if you'd like to call it that, um, from powerlifting. And I firmly believe that, you know, there's so many other people out there can have that same enjoyment. Um, one, they might not know how to get started. Two, you know, costs can be an issue. So, you know, one thing we, we're very keen to do is support as many lifters as we can to reduce those costs. And three, I mean, like we both alluded to, going to that first competition um, can, be, can, be, can be a slightly daunting experience. Although, as we both said, you know, it's, it's a very supportive environment and probably in all the sports that I've been involved in, either coaching or even taking my own kids to, or participating in it's, it's certainly, in my view, you know, the most um, supportive environment I've been in. I mean, I competed in the Tennis Championships last year and I've competed against, you know, Dean McVie, Dean Robertson last year, big Mika Charles, Lewis O'Brien, Tan Warnby, you know, we were all competing against each other, but, you know, we're, everyone was supporting each other as well. And it's, yeah, there's an element of competition, but there's an element of, you know, we want to see each other do well and that, and that helps the situation. Um, but yeah, so just to try and give people that little bit of extra support, and that's the reason we do the mock competitions, to try and uh, let people experience the, the environment of a competition without the kind of pressure of, a, of an on-the-day, you know, event that they've spent. You know, again, if you're going to compete in a powerlifting competition, you're probably spending somewhere of upwards, certainly, of 50 to £70 pounds before you've even stepped on a platform. Aye. Yeah, at least I, I being, think that... You know, yeah, that's been you. Been pretty gentle <laughs> with that side of things. I think price-wise, I don't know if we want to get into this, uh, but in terms of depending on what federation you go into, and this is where I've the barbell being linked with BDFPA, uh, the Scottish uh, Drug Free Powerlifting Association um, side of things, it is very user. Uh, it, it, there's no barriers. There's not. There's not as many barriers as what would some other federations would be in terms of equipment, although the other federations don't say you necessarily need to bring this equipment, in terms of if we went into nitty gritty of it, certain, wearing certain brands, it can get quite pricey, but what Paisley Bardell has provided is they've helped some people even travel 
to go to World Championships in Germany, and I think that's a, a big thing, Mark, as well, that we're giving people the opportunity not only to train and compete in a, amongst the community locally, it's going, we're going across the globe, essentially, as well, without them having to dip too much into their own pocket. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I suppose the one thing to kind of summarise it, and, and this is the best, in terms of that aspect of the club, the best thing for me was last year's World Championships in, uh, where was it again? Leipzig. That was Leipzig. And um, yeah. Jane, Jane Clark, who, who I'd actually taught when she was a fourth year pupil in, uh, in Johnson High several years ago, <laughs> um, was competing. And um, she, you know, she, uh, she pulled her final deadlift of 170 to win win our category and win, win the event for herself. Now, she, rightly or wrongly, would, would say that, you know, and she's, I can quote her in this, she said that it wouldn't have happened without Paisley Barbell. And I'm not saying that as a sort of, as you've said before, you know, blowing, blowing her own trumpet, but it's that mechanism of support. You know, it was all yeah. about, you know, we are going to help people achieve things that that we know they can do, they maybe just don't realise it yet, but they maybe don't have the opportunity. And that's, you know, that's that's what we're all about, really. That is it. I think it's clear to, it's important to make it clear that it's not just for the elite performers and the, the, the winning championships in the world, world British or so on. We've got plenty of members who just enjoy listening, just want to hit personal best. But when you see other people perform at such a good level, or like they, they win a championship, it makes them hungry to go and compete at that level. And you, you, I've seen some people who were quiet as a mouse at first, and then they go to the first competition really nervous, or they see someone uh, who, one of the other members winning a big championship, and they're like, I want to do that. And it's, there's a good pathway to go from complete beginner. Now you can sit doing the mock competitions all the time, that, that's, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to compete in a proper competition. Uh, I don't mean to say proper in a bad way, but like a proper referee um, official competition. Uh, and you can go all the way to the World Championships. So you don't have to be aiming for the, the, the sky. The sky's, the sky's, um, so it's really important to remember, beginner, set in mock competitions, just lift some weights, be part of the community, or you can aim for the sky. And you don't even have to need. You don't necessarily need to compete. No, you didn't. Need to you just want to come no. down and and learn a bit more about, um, or get a bit of advice about the three lifts and any support and stuff. Then you know, equally, we've got members that have that have just become members to to learn a bit about that, and you know, just being in that in that environment with the with the kind of uh, people that are around there. You know, it's a very open environment where people are supported at all times and as open kind of, sometimes. It's kind of friendly and casual where, you know, if, you, if you're lifting and somebody thinks they can offer you a bit of advice, then chances are you're probably you're going to get it. And it's, you know, yeah. it's up to you whether you take it on board and, and use it or if you don't think it's, it's worthwhile. But in most cases, it's, it's well a positive environment. It's a, well, it's a well-directed piece of advice. Mm. Um, okay, so we'll finish with a question. Yep. So if we are, uh, the question was about if... I'm thinking about entering a powerlifting competition, although you know that might be a wee while given the the present uh -huh. circumstances. Um, what what things should they take into consideration before they enter their first competition? 
Well, obviously, make yourself aware of what you actually do in a powerlifting competition. So we obviously do squat, bench, and deadlift. Do you have to go to the gym for months, years? You don't actually, to be fair. We've seen people be in the gym for six months and just enter, enter the first competition and just thought, let's do this for a laugh. Um, and they've really enjoyed it. The, the, the number one thing I would say is don't stress about what you're lifting. Now, the reason why people associate a number uh, with beginning to compete is because what the first thing they do, and Mark, you might have done this, you might still do it, is you look at other competitors that you might be competing against. So I remember looking when I... I, I, see I used I, to do it less now, I think. I do it less yeah, now. of course. Well, it's a, bit, it's a bit different when you're up at, when you're having to look down. <laughs> well, still um, better than me, come on. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, it doesn't matter what numbers you're lifting. Somebody might be squatting 300 kilo, you might be squatting 100 kilo. It doesn't matter whatsoever. At the end of the day, if you're getting better every time, that's all that matters. If you enjoy the process, compete. If you don't enjoy it and you try, if you do it one time, and it's not for you. That's fine. But don't get wrapped up in the numbers. That would be my number one thing, and actually know what you're doing. Don't just turn up and go, oh, I didn't know we were doing this. Um, but Mark will probably highlight of techniques, wouldn't you, Mark? Well, yeah, I think if, if nothing else, I think you have to have at least um, a grasp of the basic technique, you know, yep. particularly particularly on squats. You, mm -hmm. know that, you know, it's a big one on squats when you, when you see newcomers at a competition and they don't squat to depth. Either because they went with too heavy a weight initially or they just didn't know that they had to squat to a certain depth. Um, yep. Similarly with bench, you know, not pausing the bench press. And again, it's about just doing a wee bit of research. Um, again, going back to one of the reasons we started the club, you know, I put together a sort of, I call it an idiot's guide, if you like, because they still have these things, idiot's guide to powerlifting, and it, it brings together all the information you need for the day. Um, but the information is out there. You know, more so than ever now with, with social media and and the internet and whatnot, the information you need to find out um, is there. The, the, you get subtle differences between um, federations, you know, depending on um, what type of equipment, uh, like if it's a squat rack or a monolift or your feet need to be flat or can they be lifted on the, the heels can be up on the bench press. Um, and deadlift, you know, it's fairly straightforward, but obviously you're not allowed to hitch, which is, you know, some think some uh, one of the things that people often get pulled up for um, other things to think about um, I would say try and you don't need a coach you know I think I don't think you need a coach straight away straight yeah. away like I think it was beneficial in some aspects but what I would yeah. suggest you do and I'm, this is not me touting for business um, just speak to somebody you know and again yeah. you know go on Instagram type in BDFPA Scottish powerlifting, IPF, wherever you're from, you know, uh, if you're not in Scotland, obviously, if this reaches further than Scotland, I'll be impressed. Um, <laughs> but just type it in and you'll find somebody locally. Um, and most people and most coaches, um, you know, if you're a first-time lifter, will be more than happy to offer you some advice um, about, you know, what goes on in, on the day. Um, you know, if you're turning up to the competition, take somebody with you. Again, different federations have different methods of, of putting in attempts. Um, you know, different federations let you have a handoff on the, the bench press, others don't. So it's just having that awareness of, of what you're going into. And again, having that person beside you that's got that little bit of experience. And they might only have done one competition, but you know, they might just 
be somebody that knows a wee bit more about powerlifting, but just having somebody beside you to just support you and, and guide you. Um, yeah. But really the, the key thing, again, and you touched on it, is just enjoy it. You know, I've seen people go into competitions and just look absolutely um, petrified, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, or um, getting too wrapped up around it, thinking it's yeah, for death. Yeah, and just like the key thing, you know, sport and, and what we're doing, whether it's powerlifting or, or any sport, basically, you're not getting paid for, <laughs> is a hobby. <laughs> and you're yeah. giving up your time, and it should be something you enjoy. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, I mean, I've done maybe 15, 12 or 15 competitions now, roughly somewhere between there. I'm not saying I've enjoyed every competition or every single part of every competition. Um, but it should be an enjoyable experience, you know, and like, like we've said, we've touched on, I've made some absolutely great friends, you know, through, through my time in powerlifting, both um, from Scotland, either within the club or, or the kind of wider, wider spectrum of people. And also, you know, nationally, you know, I've got some good friends now that are down south. We've, I've been on a few Zoom things over the, the lockdown period. Um, and that's all because of powerlifting, you know, and that's just going, enjoying myself, lifting what I can lift. Yes, you know, winning a few competitions, okay, some would argue EDFPA, so they might not recognise it. But, um... <laughs> Sorry, no meant to laugh. That's Don't true. want to be too real. That's true. Yeah. Um, no, I know what you mean. I, th- I think going back to the numbers situation, is I think a lot of people see powerlifting as one rep max. Um, yes, you should test your strength, but if it's your first competition, now I know I've heard plenty of people disagree with this, as you should go to near enough failure. In the first competition, see if you want to be confident going forward. Try and complete all nine lifts. If you don't already know, we do three lifts of squat, bench, and deadlift. Usually, it's first attempt, very easy, something you could do on your worst day. You can maybe do it for triple. This is give or take. Advice is different elsewhere. Second attempt, you might ramp it up maybe five percent, see how it goes. And then the third attempt, you want it to be. It might match your PB in the gym, or it might be two and a half kilo, five kilo over, or how you feel in the day. But don't get to the fact that you put too much pressure on yourself. Um, that's for later competitions. See if you put on two and a half kilo, five kilo every competition for three or four competitions. I don't know about you, Mark, but I take that. If oh, no, I, if I, got that. I don't know how the statistics to hand, but I'd, I'd pretty much guarantee that the lifter that goes nine for nine is, is most likely to win a competition yeah. as opposed to somebody that's going six or, six or seven. It's a journey. It's a journey. The first competition does not define what you do in the next competition. The first competition, for me, is all about enjoyment and getting that bug of uh, wanting to do more. And that's when we maybe start thinking, well, what do I want to do with that? But any time uh, I go into competitions, is I want to be better, but I want to be smart with, with the numbers that I lift. And it's not about me versus anyone else. It's about bettering yourself. And that's what individual sports should be about. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing to kind of comment on just now, if you are interested at all in, in lifting and you're not somebody that's currently involved, um, you know, there's so much opportunity now. You know, even in the was that, four years I've been competing, um, the number of competitions has increased. Um, obviously, there's diff, as we've touched on, there's different federations, you know, the, the kind of 
more prominent Scottish ones are BDFPA Scotland, Scottish Powerlifting and GPC. So, you know, there's lots of there's lots of competitions that aren't that aren't far away. You know, if you want to travel a wee bit further you can, but you know, most of these competitions have events that are either yeah. in the west or the east coast and you know, certainly um there's a few up north as well. So Lots of opportunities, and, and again, if you are somebody that's in a different part of the country and it's looking to get involved in powerlifting, there's more powerlifting clubs, um, you know, sprouting up weekly at the moment. There's yeah, been, uh, East Coast, East Coast has grown massively. So yeah, I, I think can get get yeah, involved. Yeah, definitely. I think Paisley Barbell Cup is probably one of the more, I don't know, community clubs, shall we say, Mark? But a bit more of a, it's. Just it is a proper it is a proper club, um. But when I say proper club, it's there is a name of it. Just a focus. Here, well, we don't just yeah. focus on powerlifting. Yeah, that no. was our initial that was our initial plan. But you know, there's a few things going on, a few projects coming up that are that are community based. So mm-hmm. definitely. So. Alright, that's fine with that, Mark. I think I we're good. Yep, that. I think we're good. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, for the first podcast it'll be nice for us to reflect on this uh, in maybe a year's time because that we're, we're going to be consistent uh, I think we're going to do it every couple of weeks Mark every couple of weeks and we'll have a guest on next time so you won't have to listen to us to ramble on I uh, no oh, yeah that'll be that'll be much better <laughs> <laughs> so yep Mark that was done yep take it Good. easy bye see ya